Namaste. Welcome everyone to satsang here today. Very good. Uh, actually, the, the initial intention was just to get to the to have a meeting with the sangha who reside here in Mantisahaja and people who have been living in the area and are strongly connected to um, Mantisahaja. But uh, it just felt in the last. Two hours or so. I said, no, but there are quite a few. I've been looking around and seeing that there are quite a few people who have been here since the the end of the last retreat, and I I felt a strong feeling also to see who was here. I'm sure with the with the announcements going out so late for that that last minute change, uh, some people probably would not have made it to come this morning. So. I have put off the the meeting for the sangha. That's very also very important for me, uh, for maybe another few days, so I can have a chance to see uh, as many people who are here today. No, and who is leaving soon, like tomorrow or today? So it's a, it's a, it's keep your hands up for me. Let's have a look and see. Okay, so we got few. Okay, good, good, good. What are we going to talk about today? Not uh, uh, okay. Can I start with you, Danny Shatya? I want as you like, as you like. You can come and. Retreats have been like super powerful for me, and um, like in the first retreat, I just it, the mind just vanished, like there was no room for it at all. And in the second retreat, when I was sitting also, it came up with so much resistance, and it was good like this mm. also. Like a lot of transcendence happened also with it, and since. Like since the end of the retreat, like I, there's there was so much joy and so much peace and like a clarity I never experienced before in my life, like about everything, and I could see like that the mind is trying everything to really to 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 get me out of this, or, and I I used as much time and like so much vigilance to. To not fall for this, and it like mm. it kind of how how is mind so strong? Let's open question for everybody because everyone say you have been here for some time also. Your your report now is that the retreats were very strong for you. The first one was powerful. The second one, mind came. I'm going to bring you all into this when so the mind come, and it's coming in its most savage attacks. Okay, so I want to see how savage the attacks from the mind can be, you know, because 
your time here has been to discover that which is beyond uh, the mind. Mind meaning our uh, also personal identity is very, very much caught in mind. Without personal identity, could mind cause trouble? So take a moment, take a moment, take a moment, because everybody suffers from mind. So take a moment to answer this question then. Without personal identity, you know, and so without personal identity, can mind cause trouble? Just have a little moment for that. Hmm? It's a good question or not? Yeah. If you are not personal, meaning that if you are not thinking of yourself as your personal identity, ego identity and so on, can the mind trip you up and beat you up and send you to hospital and all this type of stuff? Could it do it? No. And you know, what I'm speaking about is not mind in its broadest expression, because we all use mind. All this world we experience also through the mind, conditioning, the sense of good and bad and right and wrong and beautiful and ugly and you know tall and short and tasty and awful and all of these things, this interrelated play of opposites is all mind. It's it's, it's okay, you know. Mm, so the first question I wanted to ask again, that's an everybody question, is that can mind be? Uh, an efficient or effective enemy or mischief maker without you being personal. That was the first thing, you see. And the second question then I would put is it possible to have a life impersonal? The two questions, no? One is is it possible that mind can mind attack you? You know, people, everybody's all oh, my mind, coming with all these horrible things, and you know, you know, you just want to meet God. You want to meet God, and the mind, or the devil mind, whatever, is saying, "Mm, you're not going there." That's the play. That's the play, no? And uh, so basically, he has the power. Has he the power to say, "You're not going to make it. Not while I'm around. You're not going to make it." And is that it? <laughs> Call off the search. Look, you know, we're not going anywhere because mind says, Mm-mm. "Whichever direction you turn, I'm going to be in your way. You have to get past me. I'm here to block you from heaven, to block you from finding your your goal." Okay. First thing, can mind? Block. Oh, that's actually three questions, no? Three, three points, no? Does mind have that power by itself, irrespective of you? Doesn't matter who you are. Does it have the power by itself to say, any human being, I have the authority. I have been given the power to block you. First question. Answer. No. It doesn't have this power. Uh, second question. Can can the mind, the psychological part of the mind? Which you may call, you know, the devious mind, the dark mind, the devil mind. Can it can it function and be effective against you 
um, if you were not personal. Is everybody following this question here? I think it's good because the rest of satsang we're going to be dealing with this again. Okay? So the second point, and what's the third point? Is it possible to have a life which is above the range of the psychological mind? Is it possible to have a life that is truly free? Doesn't mean mind will not try, but it's a bit like a dog barking at a flying bird. You understand? It's out of range. Is it possible? Yes. Okay. Is it possible for you? Yes. Okay. Back to you. <laughs> you had a good retreat, you say, a powerful retreat. Yes. There was no mind there, couldn't, it couldn't touch you. Why it couldn't touch you? Because, and I, I see it very clearly, like the mind needs somebody that it can speak to. Yes. And so there is like, also like with this vigilance, it's the question, like who is the mind speaking to? Mm. And also like after this retreat, every time it came, like almost every time it came, mm-hmm. like I, I could sit and I, I inquire, like who is it speaking to? And then there is like this joy coming again that yeah. it cannot speak to anybody. It's like... It's you just, sure? You cannot speak to anybody. Well, you mean that there's nobody there? There's it, nobody yes, there it's just it like and then the emptiness is there and it speaks inside. And yeah. there is like, there's no entity listening to it somehow. It's just like a voice that is perceived. And, um, but there's like one misunderstanding yeah. that creates somebody who listens to it. And this is like what is like at the moment very strong. Yes. And it exposes this again because I had this like already like maybe I don't know for how long. Mm. And it's like when there is like this recognition of emptiness and that like everything is just uh, perceived and thoughts are perceived as thought, mm. then there is this immense joy and peace and space inside, like this feeling. When you're in your impersonal yes. place, yes. And then when this feeling of identity comes, mm. it's like a, such a, like unacceptable feeling somehow, like it's like such a heavy state and such like con- contraction inside, like... Sorry, for everybody? Or yes. okay. As if like an elephant sits on my chest or something. It's like I cannot breathe almost. and. This feeling is what the mind is using, like to show, like now you're somebody, mm. and you're not the emptiness. Because mm. if you're the emptiness, this would not be there. Elephant would not be there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this causes like somebody who is like listening to it. But how did cannot... elephant get there? Did the mind put it there? Is it just by the way of life that the elephant ends up on the chest? Or was it first that uh, something triggered the memory of yourself personally, and then with some issues or something, for it to get to hook into, and then it started to build this uh, elephant feeling? 
Yeah, it's it's the feeling of an identity yes. that creates it. Yeah. And what do you do when that happens? Let's say that you're not in time. The mind is too quick. By the time you realize it, the elephant is already grown big chop inside your your system. No, what can you do? You say that when you are impersonal, this feeling, the mind, and all this kind of personal, oh, you know, you're not good enough. You're never gonna make it. Why would God choose you? Why you? There must be a time when those that voice is very, very, very um, uh, virile. You know, it catches you. You know, it catches you, and you're very, very much entangled with self-image. So you know that when you become personal, then this voice becomes strong. Now, suppose it happens so quick, you were a bit off guard, and suddenly you're in you're in the turmoil of personal personal noise is coming, and it's you know this and okay. Now it's too late. It's already in. What you can do about it? Somebody say, watch. Hmm? Stop to fight is another one. He's smiling. I think he tried that. He still got beaten. What you can do effectively? So now, what? What? Let's analyze together. What has happened when already you're caught up in the noise, the inner noise of feelings and emotions, and you know the kind of psychological noise, the mind. It likes evidence. Yeah, you see that this what happened. Remember what happened yesterday when you got blah, 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 blah. and you get pulled into that, and so the soup thickens, gets even more dense. No? Is it too late? No. So I want, we want to hear what you do about it. Usually, that's the time when I like the inquiry comes with who is it speaking to, and usually yeah. it works. Yeah. But like the last okay, thing. so let's take it step by step down. It has to be something personal. First of all, we have evaluated that the mind has no power in this play except if it gets you to become a person again. You agree or not? You must have experienced enough times to be able to even answer without thinking about it. It's only when you become personal. So its attacks are always personal. In fact, you have heard me say also, there's, all problems are person-based. It doesn't have to be even so personal. It can, it can be your your bank account or something, but but it, somehow you take it personally, like oh my God, no, my life is over. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And then mind starts to give you a whole range of different kinds of suffering that is going to rain upon you or something. And you fall for that, going to more deeper suffering, isn't it? But once it has happened, like in this case, and we are, we see that we are not able to fend it off from not happening until you are sufficiently mature enough that it is like the mind doesn't even come to you anymore. Do you know that that can happen? That it's just no contest, and he is going to waste his time to get a beating. So you will find someone. There's always somebody around who's good and ready for a nice little mugging from the mind. So you will go to you. How is it then, in your worst moment, when your mind has come and it's just raining down 
sulfur from the skies on you, and you say you go to your inquiry, you find out, you know, to 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 who who is really suffering this. But are you yourself strong enough to stand in that question? Are you going, you know, like you know, I mean, who 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 is suffering this? Or are you like who is suffering this? What what is your position? Is it? And do you go straight to question, or do you not check in first? Remember, we were talking before that you know it's good just to keep checking in before you go to the reflex of just getting involved and stuck into that. Before you getting into any sort of fight with the mind, just check in. What what really is here, really? Because you know the noise that is created through the mind and all the suffering and identity, it began. Before it began, where were you? And when it began, did anything happen to the real place of yourself? I think there is this this misunderstanding about like this feeling mm. because when I when there is just like emptiness, there must maybe I, I'm not so clear about this. There is this confusion. Mm. There must be maybe somebody who is enjoying it, who is not clearly seen, who, who turns then out into like from the enjoyer to the sufferer if the feeling goes and another. Can we take there. a look? That in, in maybe in the case where there is we say there's emptiness, it feels quite impersonal, right? So you are not the emptiness. Emptiness is some enjoyment for you. Is the great peace is an enjoying energy. It's not that I am the peace. You're having a piece of peace. You are not the peace yet, but somehow you're able to to be in the experience. You say, Wow, thank you, thank you. Wow. You're on your own here. Perfect peace, perfect contentment, joy. It's all here. You didn't produce it. You didn't do any technique for it. You have just discovered that that is here. Okay? You didn't make it. You discovered the joy. No? Okay. Now you're saying. Also, that maybe previously you thought that you had come home and you are the emptiness. They feel I, emptiness and myself. It's one. It's the same thing. Uh, we used to my my way of um, my reference used to be my person. Then the reference became uh, a consciousness or. The self, or you may say like this, no, or the I amness, or something, that has changed. It becomes a higher reference, no. There is even beyond this also. So what happened when your reference for yourself was just your person, the one with a history, you know, your family, your lineage, all these things? That was the way that you check in. That was where your autobiography come from. The memory of yourself and the identity, your conditioning, and so on, formed your resume or something. No, but something expanded into a deeper consciousness, where you don't just take the shots we're firing at you 
and take them like just personally and just say that this is what I am, you are able to observe from a, a bit more of a distance, isn't it? And with that distance, it, things became less personal. And with the discovering of a less personal place to be, the life became much more beautiful, much lighter, much more open, less, less fearful, isn't it? Can I assume that most people have come to that level at least? A bit weak, you know. Uh, can I? I'm not going to repeat. Anyway, you know, I'll take your answers as you put them. Some people have come to a certain place where they're not just functioning at the level of ego. There's more distance. There's more space. They are aware that they are more than their body and mind play. You're one of them, or not? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're more than just your body mind play. Your human history is not your sole reference for what you are. Something much more pure and light. Something less solid like. You're not just the body. There's something you're more like the spirit inside the body, isn't it? You're able to observe things. But you still haven't left the region where the mind, the psychological mind, can still get you. You are you with me or not? Yeah. So even though you've risen beyond the the easy grip of person personhood, mind still sometimes less, but when it catches you, it still catches, no? And it catches you with the same old trick. Personally, that you know you did something wrong and you missed your chance, and basically, you know. I mean, what's the point? You might as well leave. And it, it brings actually the mind, the psychological mind, can go from this big to this big in seconds. It's faster than a Ferrari, I tell you on this one. It can start from just being a little depressed to being suicidal in in less than a minute. Have anybody experienced? Yes. Oh, not quite. That's a stronger yes. My God. Okay. So you see how easy. He's not afraid to suggest something to you, which in your right mind you would just not have accepted. But in a moment when you are weak, or you are distracted from the truth of yourself, he can just throw in a spanner in the works and just say, you know, it's pointless. You know, you're on a bridge, jump. And some people have, you know that, don't you? In front of trains, in front of things, and. In just that moment of complete, uh, you know, maybe a sense of deep, you know, um, inner disturbance or depression or frustration or something, it just feels like this is even easier to do. Just finish it. You know, you make so many other people's lives easier, and it will talk to you like that. And maybe in that moment, your thinking will not be strong enough to just step away from that. So we see that these things can happen. But when you are in your natural state, meaning that you are standing in your God strength, in the place of consciousness, in your formlessness, that voice becomes very weak for you. And so to that extent, your life is a lot more open, much more joyful. Your interactions with people are at a higher level of consciousness. You don't get zapped so easily, even to the point where some people 
if they're in a low state of mind or consciousness, your presence can elevate uh, that that situation, isn't it? And you you've experienced it also. So what are we talking about today? Hmm? You say, as someone who has experienced a retreat, very beautiful, almost invincible. Don't believe you are, but you know you're in a place where you feel totally, you know, untouchable by the lower play of the psychological mind, the devious mind. Second retreat, he came strong. That's good. And as I said before, please avoid making premature conclusions about anything you experience. Don't go to super confidence or depression. Just stay neutral and observe from a neutral place. Your second retreat, you start to come, and of course, it came in a personal way, isn't it? And you were surprised that you got caught. I kind of knew that like something has to come like after the first retreat, okay. and it was I I really like it was good. It was very good that it came also, and a lot okay. of things got transcended also in this. Like there was so it was good because you overcame them. A temptation is a temptation. It's neither good nor bad until actually you lose or you transcend it. Isn't it? So you transcend it must be to say that it was good. Okay. And now what now? When you beat the mind, if you have you beaten them forever? It doesn't seem like um It catches me with this point that I said. And yeah. what, like, what is the point? It's also like when you make this example, like that there is like this swinging from like impersonal to personal, and yeah. it's going on. Mm. But it hasn't been catched that. Of course, it is seen in a way, but like there is this misunderstanding that when it is seen, that it's like just something perceivable. Then there is like this, this joy and. Um, and open space and yeah. everything, so it is kind of like the left side of the of this pendulum, mm. which it, it doesn't seem like I'm like when it swings. Let me ask it's... another question then: Is it possible, that having come to a place, a very secure, stable place of seeing, if I can put it like that, if anyone can take ownership of that, a stable place of seeing, where even if mind came in strong? With some things, it does not shake you in your understanding that you are the self. Even if something momentarily, oh, you're distracted, yeah, like this, hmm? does that mean you failed as the self, or you are not quite the self? Think about it for a moment. You're at your, you're at your, the height of your understanding. Hmm? You feel very much. In, in in holy presence like that, and still mind comes like that, and uh, your attention is is caught, and you end up moving in a way that you know you would in a in another moment you you would probably not have made this choice or not been pulled into the dark, 
Do you suffer totally? Oh no, I've lost a self or something. Or can you can you just see from that? Well, yeah, that needed to be seen. Are you not yet the self because of this this thing happened? It's a very important point, you see. Because even one who has transcended, you are going to make mistakes for a while. The important thing, the important thing, is not to dismiss the the, the seeming mistakes. You know, use them, as I say. The wise person builds a house with the stones that his enemies throw at him, and lives happily in this house. Meaning. We need trouble to grow. It is as though consciousness creates the sense of a problem in order to have the experience of transcending it. We could call life a game of transcending, meaning overcoming. And what are you overcoming? Personhood. Can I put it in terms like that? Because that's, that's what brings the sense of a, a trouble or a problem is based upon who you take yourself to be. You are a particular person that feels very, very strong conditioning inside. You have no option. You are never not a person. Almost all your life, you have been only person. So how can you ever be impersonal? Maybe some people have never even heard that there is an option or there is a space for impersonal living. They only know your person. And if there is a moment of impersonal uh, life, you experience it personally. This, your limitation can be functioning like that. But you came to a certain point where you are able to observe more, you know, both the personal and the impersonal. Is true or not? If you are able to observe both the personal and the impersonal, where, who are you who are looking and what is your position? Where are you looking from? Is it theoretical what I'm speaking? No. You have the capacity to see that something is very personal, and you also have the capacity to sense when something is impersonal. No? Who are you, the witness of both? You don't have to speak it out for other people. This is just for you. Here you are alone. You must make this transcendence alone. You want to share with us here because we are here called by the same voice. Then you can speak it out so others can say, "Yeah, actually, I feel like I haven't reached that stage yet. I'm still being sucked into the drama of my own life." Is your life outside of you? Or is your life inside of you? Because sometimes you can see people whose environment, their life environment, seem very pleasant, and yet they are suffering terribly. Where? Inside themselves, inside their head, they're doing. Even if you were a palace was built for you, uh, with all the servants, everything you want doesn't stop you from suffering. You must get out of your head. 
And the best way to start also is beginning to observe what I mean by head. Head is all your projections, all your ideas, conditioning, you know, all that that gives you the impression that you have a history and this happened and this is what is happening every day. And actually our take on life is very unique and very personal. I said before, it's like if you go to bed to sleep and you're with your husband or your wife or your friend, you're sleeping next to each other and you have a dream and it's a very, very powerful dream. You cannot get the person next to you to plug in and to experience your dream. Because even if they could plug in and perceive your dream in terms of the image of it, but their interpreting power will experience it differently. Would it be true or not? So if I'm saying here, even your dream is a unique experience, I'm going to go one step further and say, your life daily life is also a unique experience happening inside you. You may be able to correspond with someone about it and so on, but they can never experience it the way you are experiencing it. Is fair enough or not? So what it means when I say that there is one earth, but there are billions of worlds, what I mean by a world is your own version of the world. Due to conditioning, education, belief, identity, and other factors which are untraceable, constitute your perception of the world. And every moment it can be different depending upon your mood, and so many things are contributing to the way in which the world is experienced. It is a very unique and psychological experience also. Now it may sound that wow, that's oh my God. If you multiply that by seven and a half billion versions of a world, I mean, it's a very, very claustrophobic place. Well, not claustrophobic in the sense that you got your own unique thing of it. Where can there be harmony with people? It is not going to be a harmony of minds. Because mind also, we also protect our projections, good or bad, personal or impersonal, but most likely personal. You are not your person. Your person is a construct that we keep on uh, changing shape. It's a shape shifter. We grow. We've had many different versions of ourselves that we, you know, are shaped by fashion by by so many different things, but there is still a sense of a continuity there. That continuity is the basic and fundamental consciousness, the vibration in you, the sense, I exist. Because every living being has this I exist feeling in them. They know that they exist. What they are that exists, they are not clear about. What you are that exists, you are becoming more clear about. And to that extent, 
the, we are experiencing more of a unified field of understanding also. Not just what you are told you are, but what you are discovering you are, and without the support of imagination or visualization. A sober discovering. And there is no need to try and replicate and be like someone else. It's not necessary. You may be inspired by someone's life, but as you deepen in your own discovery, your life is also a very unique expression of God. And yet, through that universality of true discovery, freed from the rigidity of personal identity, that's the only way that you can come into that universal field of love and joy. Because these are actually impersonal. Love is impersonal. Do you know that? It can have a personal flavour, but love, in order to be universal, it has to be impersonal. Now, can universal love have the same kind of joy as personal love, or more? I'm asking the question. I mean, much, much, much more. I say this because sometimes we feel that personal love, you know, is what love is. You know, it has to be. That's all we've known is personal love. But universal love, you know. The capacity is in you, and is much more adaptable to universal love uh, than only to personal love. The universal love can have a flavour of personal love, but is not limited by personal love. And this is what also you are experiencing being in Sahaja. Also, we're not going around telling you love, 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 love. No, no, until you discover, discover the truth of yourself. And love becomes your perfume. Peace becomes your perfume. Joy becomes your perfume. You go and find the quintessence of what you are, and that discovery blesses every other aspect of your expression automatically. And you have to be the proof of that. Because we are not here in, I'm not university class. We do see the beings amongst us because we live together, those who are popping open. You know who to go to talk to. If I am not here, you know, yeah, I'm going to talk to this one, I'm going to talk to that one. Because in their presence, you feel that they exude the quality of understanding. And impartiality, and depth, and love, and all of you have it. Everybody have it. But sometimes, if we are still embracing personhood too much, when it's time to kind of open your arms and release yourself from personhood a bit more, knowing that you are not losing anything fundamentally true in that, but just expanding and really opening up the wings of your own spirit to feel the magnificence and the magnitude of the love and the spirit of god within you 
And I wonder how, how seriously you take it, you see. Because what can slow you down and what can advance your journey? Do you, have you, you must come to, you must know that. What really can be in your way? Can the psychological mind, can the devious, the negative energies of the world, whether you want to call demons or whatever, can they by themselves and of their own power stop you from becoming yourself? No. You know how great a discovery that is? You can never become possessed by any kind of spirit unless you are personal. Because your person, although it is also shaped out of consciousness, it is the weakest link of consciousness. It's like we are living in our weakest capacity when you are taking life too personally. Who is hearing me on this one? Yes, thank you. And you know it through your experience too, isn't it? That when we when you give attention to petty things, you know, in a in a way we are encouraging a fragmentation of your energy. And that power is, is there inside for everybody. And be careful that you don't sample the purity of consciousness. And just be left with this feeling, yes, I know I can go there when I like. Because many have fallen short, actually, because of that. Because you still have some aspirations for the world. The carnal mind is still very much alive in us, but has taken the back seat, but he's still in the car. Okay? Now you're thinking, yeah, yeah, I got it together, I'm gonna drive it. Okay? But the carnal identity is still passenger in the car, having a very nice ride. So these things they have to be pointed out, because when we are supporting personhood, something protects. It's like we protect the the offence, and not perceiving it like you know, like we we pardon it, like you know, it's not so big a deal. It's all right, you know, just. Just once more, or something like that. And I am not slapping anyone's hand about that. We are old enough, and I feel wise enough also. But the play of distractedness never leaves you completely. We need, actually, some trouble. You need it in order to develop the kind of muscles for transcendence. You, you do need it. And it will come. But don't be complacent about it. There must be someone with a pioneering spirit who says, you know, I've got to find use this body to find how far I can go in my search for truth, in my search for God. There must be somebody. Because many people just kinda, of, you know, yeah, you know, like I'm there, I'm in, I'm in. In what? I'm in. There must be amongst us those who just feel like, you know, I've felt the word in my heart and I know it to be true. And I just need to really baptize my mind fully inside my heart.
Because this is what I say, that you must become the proof that God exists for all of us also. Each one by your life, by your presence, not just by your mouth, because many people can speak. But even if you were a mute, you would find that there are people who would want to be with you. Because the presence of God is so powerful with you. And it's not a part-time thing. And it's not even a full-time thing. It's not a thing that you are doing. Is that you know, sometimes you may have heard me say, you are simply becoming yourself. It sounds crazy, because many people think, but I am myself. But only as they begin to look more deeply and to experience the proof of their true existence. We begin to wonder, wow, you know, like I have just been holding on to so many things which are not true. Or they say, that which falls short of the glory of God. A voice is inside us that wants you to to stay in our carnal identity. And it seems to be successful, because we are creatures of habit. And even bad habits, we have some kind of, I would say, um, affection for. Like you have an affection for the infection. But it feels like at least it is your infection. We are like this. You don't have to take ownership for anything at all like that. It is just uh, the play of the manifest world. You should not tolerate your own our own wrongdoings. But because you call it your own, you have affection for it. You touch your own poo, but you won't touch anybody else's poo, isn't it? I'm sorry, it's not an elegant example, but it's clear enough. Don't be too lenient with our own tendencies, which are not in service to the truth. Like that. I want to just say something before you go back to your seat, and that is like when you are. From moment to moment, when you check in, a very unusual thing for most people, because we take our lives so much for granted that we don't even question our identity at all. But you have discovered something. You have discovered that um, peace loves to be with you. Love loves to be with you. When joy loves to be with you, wisdom wants to be with you, grace wants to be with you. When, when are you attractive to these uh, these uh, what you may call virtues, divine virtues, 
when you become attractive to them, when you make truth, when you make God your first choice, and when you make God your second choice, and third choice. Because we cannot do that just by our own strength. As a human being conditioned in the world as much as we have, and people have got good qualities, they have got also weak qualities, it really is not just about that only, but how much there is in you an aspiration to go beyond them. And that you now, you, I feel everyone, I have said to you on so many occasions, no? that all of you have the power in you to bring a chaotic state of mind back to peace. It's true or not? Yes. yes. <laughs> and I just want to say, like, God is my only choice. Yeah. It has become super clear in these retreats also. Like there's no tolerance yeah. for anything else at the moment. And yeah. like whatever needs to happen inside that everything is completely seen always. Uh. Just I I just pray for it also when mm. but um it looks also like that the elephant has left at the moment so Yeah. It's good when the elephant is gone, we feel relief. No? But I want you that you feel release. Relief is momentary; it will go, and sometimes, even without knowing, you have not applied any remedy, he goes because of the the, the, the law of life is that things come and they go. But what is important here is that when you check in and remember who you are, you don't have to wait for it to go. The ego has got to dislike being with you. You understand? He has to dislike being with you, not love being with you. Because uh, you're moving more deeply inside your real nature, like that. And is these things? Are we merely feeling them as ideas, or are they deeper in you? Yeah. Because if you only have things as ideas. In the time of stress, they will collapse. If you feel, yeah, I really believe this man, and I really know this, you know, yeah, yeah, I am this and that. But when you are tested really strongly, you may find that your so-called knowledge will not stay with you. Even your so-called faith may not stay with you, unless it really is blossoming inside your heart. Because we are good at saying things, especially about ourselves. Each one sometimes is good at comparing the worst in others with the best in ourselves, and feel, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. 
But when the time of test comes, you know, you must also see that yes, that it it is true. You know, what I've understood is experiential. It's not just theoretical. You see, so not just temporary relief because the world, this the world of names and form, is a very temporary platform. It is always changing. Everything is changing. There is nothing here that you can rely upon and say, This will. Do you know anything, by the way? Do we know anything that we have experienced or seen or heard that has been unchanging, absolutely unchanging? Start with yourself also. Because if you say, Everything I see is unchanging, then you yourself must be unchanging enough to be able to. Verify that other things are unchanging. Only that where you reached inside, that place that I've spoken about and you have come to see also. That is the unchanging. From where all changefulness is observed and perceived. And it's not only about determination. You can say, you know, every time the mind shows up, I'm going to give him a beating, and you won't. You won't. You don't. Have, it's not required of you to boast about such things. Just continue confirming the true place that you are. That's all. Don't go to try and beat the mind. No, no. Just keep remembering, looking, confirming your true place. You see. That is the most powerful, because that is always with you, and that place is constant. Everything else is variable. And like this, because you cannot fight the mind and win. Not, you cannot get into a street fight with your mind and win. It must be that you confirm your truth. Don't waste time trying to only prove the untruth. Or to disprove the untruth. Also, prove the truth. You see? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I sometimes have to broaden your question a little bit so that as many we can relate from a universal perspective rather than always staying in a personal place. This is what is good about satsang. That I'm not so interested in solving personal little personal problems, and everybody go, oh yeah, he's dealing with her problem. Okay, I'm gonna wait until no. Everything we share is from the impersonal consciousness, and then everybody can relate to that. Why can't we relate <coughs> in this with the same result from personal? Because you go through so many twists and turns and different to keep something personal inside, and every time you talk about it, it's different anyway. So it is not reliable. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Very good. Mm.
ibland kan jag starta djup. I just feel urge to come. I don't know, maybe because I'm leaving today. You are leaving today? Yes. Ah. I just feel this fire inside. And please make it more. Because I want to put myself in this fire. Remain, but you, but just I feel that uh, it's my ego firing in this fire, burning in this fire, yeah. and uh, really I am untouched. I'm see like uh, this emotion, these feelings now is just happening. It's happening inside. But, but uh, I am untouched. Yes. And uh, maybe from from outside it can seems like uh, 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 so many uh, emotions inside. But really, I feel calm. You have made the highest statement. You have made the highest statement because you say that yes. Because you know we said also. Step inside the fire of self-discovery. This fire will not burn you. It will burn only what you are not. And here you say, yes, I can see so many things are burning and they're crackling. And, and unexpectedly, he's saying, could you turn up the fire? Many people are saying, could you give me some water? And we said, no, we turn up the fire. But at the same time, and this is what is so great, what you're saying also, I see that what I am is not being burnt. It's not touching me. And I actually want to hear from you if you have come to this fire and you can say for yourself, this that I am. Is not burnt. You see, only what I'm not, all my stuff, all my troubles, all my feelings, the judgments, and so on, that is burning. Okay? Then I want to say something else about this actually, because amongst all human beings, if not all sentient beings, what troubles us most is our feelings. Feelings is such a, the antenna of human beings. Always oh, how I feel, and I don't like that. Feel and I feel, and then the mind comes in with certain interpretations to to turn up the fire on that even more, and it's about feelings and so on. But you must have come to some place where you have come and you can see, yes, yes, all these things 
I can feel the fire, but where I'm looking from is a very cool place. Who can speak like that? You see? Yes. That I can feel this burning, and sometimes emotions are burning. Sometimes my my present, you know, environment, you know, at work or family or whatever, they're on fire right now. But still, I am not burning. And if you found that, if you found that, you are finding your eternity. Because everything else is burnable. Everything else is burnable. Everything that you perceive, everything that you see or taste through the senses or the mind, all this world of names and forms, one day will be gone. While your body is warm, find that which is imperishable in you. Find that which is imperishable, and the guidance have come, and you have looked by the grace of God, you have come to see, yes, from the highest place, you know, free of definitions, free of quality, I find I am, I find I am, not I personally am, I consciousness am. Because without consciousness, there is nothing. Without consciousness, there is nothing. Everything appears and disappears in the consciousness. Everything appears and disappears in you, the one who is able to witness it. Most people don't know that. That is another way in which the Divine expresses that you are capable of witnessing all these things. Even your person, even in its most virile expression, is still itself phenomenal, meaning that it's something that can be recognized. Every taste, every sound, every everything that makes a blip is observed in the infiniteness of the unchanging one. Now, can you relate directly and experientially to what I am speaking? So therefore, we just have to look at what Mr. Mind can bring you, because where else can it come from? Can Can the devil attack you without the mind? Can I ask this question? I have not asked it before. Can even the devil, demons, can they attack you without using mind also? So what is so precious about the mind? In this case, and about these things, is it not about the person? The person you take yourself to be, our conditioning, how you have been brought up, what you have been brought up to believe you are, and all these things, comes under Pressure from where? And who is putting this pressure on you? We, we all experience, and of course, we are meant to experience, because I don't think there is anyone who has not experienced the fire, 
of desire and hatred and judgment and attachments and neediness and and projections and all that. So each one must taste this, but must also overcome it. Imagine if there was a world where you had to feel all these things, but you could not overcome them. Would there be a need for hell anyway? You are in the opportunity of life to transcend the ego aspect of ourself. We are not just ego. It is a very lowly thing to regard a human being as merely ego. This body was not made for ego. Higher than ego, for the presence of God, or if you want to say, for the functioning of consciousness, it's the same. Because they cannot be God without consciousness. What is the one thing that if you take it out, nothing exists? What is the one? Human beings should be smart enough to even ask this question. What is the one thing, if there was one thing, if you take that one thing out, nothing exists? What is it? Sight. Consciousness. You say sight? Sight. I. 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 Earlier than I. Earlier than I, because I also arose. It is the firstborn of all knowingness, the feeling I I am. It is a name of God also. It also appeared also. In deep sleep, there is no I am. There is consciousness, universal consciousness, but it hasn't put on the uniform of I yet. In fact, uh, I became kind of corrupt because it came from the pure, from the purity came the I am, and from the I amness come the I am the personness. And when when the I became personal, darkness came into the world. There is something that is nameless; it is formless also. It is it that creates its different names to different peoples around the world. It is the same formless one, the nameless one. Gave a name to itself for different peoples around the world, but it's the same one. It's the same one, God. There's never been two gods. It was only true imagination. People speak these things when they want to fight against each other. I have only heard one man, doctor, came here one time. He was meant to come with his daughter, and then his daughter didn't make it. He came here. 
And one time we had satsang, he saw me outside and he says, um, Would you please help me? I said, What? He said, uh, I am on fire. Please turn it up. Because it's not a pleasant feeling, but you must be in a higher state of consciousness to ask for this thing here. To say, Yes, I want leave nothing unburnt. Because the only thing that cannot be burnt is the only thing that exists, really. Everything that's burnable is only momentary. It's a cloud passing. It's because it's like I'm stay aside to this fire. I'm not I'm inside but at the same time I'm outside. Yeah. And uh, I myself put woods in this fire. Yeah. You know, because I see it's just a stale ideas in my mind. Just ideas, it's not real, which I uh, conceived before as real. Now I see that it's just imagination. It was just imagination. That is the evolution of consciousness, to, to come to that place, to not have to lean on any concept. Is it possible to be alive and to be fully in life, as life itself, and to not, and to be without any favorite concepts. Really? Yes. Mm. Huh? What is a comfort? Time. I. Time. Time says, whatever you see. Whatever you have perceived from any zone of time, from any realm of consciousness, I devour them. Time say that. The only thing that I cannot eat is pure consciousness from where I came. You can't touch that. And then when you know this, you know time is also a concept also. But can you really know this? Can you really know this? Weak. Yes. Yeah. And don't just say yes because I say weak. <laughs> I mean, can you really know it? Yes. In fact, everyone kind of know it, but don't think they do. And also that time is very subjective also. Time is very subjective because when you're happy, Time goes very quickly. When you're suffering, time goes very slowly. And that goes even if you've got a clock and watching it. It still moves slowly, experientially, then when you have anyway, when you're happy you don't want to look at a clock anyway, but I mean, you know, like this. It's very, very subjective. If you feel you're waiting for punishment or you're looking forward to a wonderful meeting. It, the time will play differently. Time is not what appears on a clock, by the way. I like to meet someone who is out of time. You say, I'm leaving today. I'm le- I love to meet people. I'm leaving today. I'm not happy that he's leaving, you know, but. I'm happy that I can speak with you, 
you say, I'm leaving today, and I know that you will only bring the things that really are significant for you. And uh, what I've heard from you is deeply, deeply satisfying to me. Yes. If there's things more to burn, let them burn, they'll burn. At a certain point, it's like life arranges things for you to get burnt anyway. You don't have to go looking for them. Please, just please, let me to see in this world with, this, with your eyes, to love with your heart, and to enjoy, to enjoy this life with your joy, and to stay true, to stay in this truth. Yeah. Yes. It becomes easy. I am not here now to enjoy this life. Yeah. Not only this. My joy is in knowing what I am and being with God. That is my joy. It's not with things. When I touch things, my joy lights up a little bit with them. But it's not in the things that the joy is, but the joy is in myself, as it is with you, the same thing. No? The joy is in you. You are seeing it more and more that the joy is with you. It arises here. When it is not clear for you, you will see that it comes from outside to help you to raise. Remember, I said that in the, for most people in the world, it's mostly our interactions is like person to person, person to person, to person to person, to person to person. That's our interaction. Okay. What about if it is person to presence? Person to presence is a different uh, vibration and climate. Person to presence, presence meaning that the one who is transcending personhood, experiencing more the things that we say of peace and joy and love and openness, the silence, you know, and aspiration for higher things, for higher. When the the person is usually concerned about the personal life, their life, and and the ones that they love only, and the things that they want, name and fame and power, that's the nature of the person. When the person is open enough to meet presence. Then presence is a higher state of consciousness. Raise the person's consciousness to towards presence. Just to be in the company of presence, meaning that the person is already experiencing, even without words, they're experiencing the vibration, a higher vibration of consciousness. So naturally, something wants to go a bit higher. Not in every case. But I will tell you in what case, when life brings it together, when God is behaving like your secretary and arrange all your meeting. <laughs> Unusual thing to say, but arranges all your meeting. You don't go out and think, "Oh, I like to talk with this one." No, you may feel that, but if that happens in a very natural and spontaneous way, then that could turn out to be good. 
but you somehow just like incidentally you meet people and then you find that in their presence something feels comfortable you don't know whether you're going from presence to uh, to person or from presence to to higher presence you don't know what you're doing but when you meet you know something happens in that so from person to person is very common in this world from person to presence that is blessed meaning that you're meeting someone who is at a higher level of consciousness a more a, a someone with more purity or feels closer to god in a way and so they can raise your the the, the inner being to a higher state then what about when consciousness is absolute that is even more rare why is it that uh, so many people they come to place like sahaja or whatever and they some of them actually feel is this place real why are these people so happy some people are disturbed when they come they say why are these people why are they smiling like that i said i don't know <laughs> then only after one day they say wow they are genuine they're really happy you see but sometimes mind cannot agree and say no no why should people be so i mean we are so used to seeing people miserable that feels norm that's the norm to see people who are content or peaceful or genuinely happy that is very uh, unusual and yet we are not teaching how to be happy how to be loving yes of course we point that one should be more kind more open but the teaching itself and the discovering itself is automatically releasing those higher virtues within ourselves it happens very naturally thank you babaji yeah, thank you so much ivan very good and thank you for sang and real family i don't know which one like a pure expression of your grace Yeah, yeah. It's really like this. Yeah. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Very good. Yes, 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 yes. It is like I'm waiting for the right moment to meet you and I'm just ready. But I can also wait forever. Putting God on first, second and third it's 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 beyond a personal decision. I see that something is changing here. Face something is dying and something else is getting born. But this feels still happening to someone. I'm here to discover that what is beyond this and beyond time. Uh-huh. 
the fact that you can f- say that all this burning and uh, this something something is dying i think you put it like that something is dying and it's like something is about to be born it's very very uh, i'm going to use a word i'm searching for a word what i like most right now to say um, It doesn't feel an entity is born, Ruji. No, 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 no. Let's say it's a gracious time for now, okay? If something, the sense of dying, you know, because sometimes people actually think they're physically dying, and they go to doctor and doctor send them away. Nothing is wrong with you, but they feel that they're dying because something that they've has been living in them. Actually, like death has been living in them, but not necessarily as a physical uh, disease or disharmony, but at an emotional, a psychological, you know, at a heart level, something has been the wrong occupant is there. No? So, because of grace, this thing is drying up in you, and it can feel like a death in the mind. No? But you say at the same time, it's like something feels like it wants to be born, and this is why I say that it sounds very full of grace, and I feel very good about that. Now you say I want to find that which is beyond. Then I say, the fact that you are already perceiving a sense like there's a kind of dying, that's a sensation that's arising in you. You are perceiving a sense of dying. You are also perceiving a sense of a, of a rebirthing inside. No? That which is sensing that, that which is aware of this, this sense of dying and living, hmm? is that itself dying or living? Now, this is an insignificant thing, you know. Because I and, can, I yeah. can observe both. You can observe both. So if you observe, see, it takes a while, even sometimes, for people to think, but uh, to to see a separation there. That actually, but these are sensations arising inside. And if I say, how big is the inside in which they are arising? Hmm? Say something like a feeling of something is dying or leaving, perishing, and at the same time there is something that is seem like it's, it it wants to flower or burst open. No? It's all happening inside. No? And there is another place in which both those polarities or both those the sensations are seen. That which sees them, hmm, does that have a shape? Can't have. Yeah. Be very clear about it. It's not just a supposition, like what you assume. No, no, you can see. Can, can I say something? Yeah. Um, whatever is happening here, how, how strong it might be, I can always say I, I can see it, mm. but it must be that 
this one is not fully detached by it, from it. Still it's not fully detached, detached from, it. from it. Even I can say I can yeah. see it. Yeah. So if this one now, this is very good. You said there is a sense of something dying. There is a sense of something about to take birth, and there is a, a place from which they are being seen also, right? But they, the one who is seeing them, doesn't seem to be totally detached from them. You follow? But that is also seen then. So the witness who is seeing that the one who is dying and the one who is giving birth, and uh, and something that's watching them is attached to them must reveal a deeper seeing where which is not at all attached to anything can you follow that one a much less personal or impersonal uh, place where that's witnessing of all that you've said even in the the greatest subtlety of perception that that is also seen yeah but here's the thing now Sometimes we feel, yes, I see that, I can see like this, no? But you don't give it the quality of attention that you could. It's almost become a cliche to say, yes, I can see, I can see. But you don't realize the profundity of actually stopping and looking at that. Not looking at it for a movie sensation, but looking at it to say that if they can be seen, they cannot be the ultimate seer. What is seeing them? Can that be caught up in any kind of personal scenario? Because this is where this is where your introspections blossom into full power, and many people avoid right there. Because almost the mind is playing his last card, you know. Maybe there's a fear that makes us avoid this confrontation of looking. That maybe it might feel that we might lose something important if we see something too clearly. Is it worth my saying this? Because sometimes we're looking, thinking, it's like you you have some investment in keeping a certain thing as it is, even though that thing can be hemorrhaging attention from you. It can be causing you pain. But on some level within yourself, you are supporting its presence in your life. Isn't it? This is a human thing. No? But now I am asking, but you know, from the looking place, is the looking, is it pure enough that it has no association at all? The very place of looking, is is there an entity looking, or is it just like there's a looking out from some vastness? This is a place I don't get enough feedback from you. Who has gone that far out into space? You see, this I want to find out. Who can really look? Who is looking here? And who are you looking as? Not just what are you looking at, but who are you, the one who looks? Is it personal? Uh, does it have a shape? 
own your words. Digest your seeing. Own your words. Don't leave them as words. The words themselves must combust into spirit. And this is what I was saying, that hmm? if they are not proven internally, and God give you the power to do that, then a situation may come that is so testing for you, that what you are saying now does not hold the charge, it doesn't hold the power hmm? to watch any crisis come to an end. It's almost as though you collapse in that. That to that much significance I'm giving this thing here. If you say, Yeah, I see that I'm not that and so on, yeah, okay. Can I ask you another question? No. Answer this with all your entire being. And you won't have any more questions you need to ask about it. Answer this fully present and see where did even the answer come? Even the answer coming is also seen. And then you have even surpassed thinking also, because any thought coming is also seen. Any feeling, any sensation is also seen. And now it is here. That which perceives, perceiving itself, is what? Then perhaps you have gone beyond words now. We have gone beyond discussion now. Is there time here? No. So if there is no time here, hmm, there is nothing that come and go here. But who can verify? If there is no time here, then there is no, no time-space relationship here. Is that gone too far? Have we gone too far? Okay. What is here? Is he? Don't answer me. Just let the question come. The question deserves to be asked. What is here now? Then look. You see. The senses cannot help you here. The mind also cannot help. No help is needed also. When you are firmly grounded in what is here, I will ask you one more question.
what, what is it that's here, you see? <clears throat> it's not just silence. Peace is here also. Uh, peace is here. Silence, contentment, uh, a quiet joy is here. But it, there's awareness of them also. Is peace doing anything? Is joy doing anything? Is silence doing anything? Is it a state of sleep? Are we sleeping? No, not sleeping. This is the state beyond state. And so for those of you ready, I'm going to ask you one question about it. And answer only what is true, not what you've heard. Does this come and go? Can any experience, can any experience, hmm, be above this? No. Just asking. Huh? Whatever you can imagine, the most, uh, the most delicious food, the most beautiful place, the greatest company. Because I don't get much chance to ask this kind of question. I don't feel there's many places on the in the planet where you will hear this question now, and beings who can respond to it. What is this? What is this? You see, I don't want any answer. Just leave my question to happen. Who lives here? Can it come and go? There was a doubt coming. Can it doubt? go? Yeah, can it go? But this yeah. didn't have any. Mm. Couldn't stay. Mm. Subsided again. Mm. Mm. He said, no. There was a doubt came, such as, can it go? Fair enough. A doubt come, can it go? Mm. Well, look at it, feel it, know it. 
right now I can say a doubt is arising in it and just subsides again, so it's also this is seen. Oh, so it's the doubt that can go? Yeah. Okay. Not what the doubt is about. Why can't the doubt, the doubt stay? The doubt also come and go? What is it that you are perceiving? Is it something outside of you? Is it something inside of you? Who are you? Is this the person's experience? The person has experienced in it. The person is also experienced in it, yes. We are not using imagination? Will it be there when you are going to have your lunch in a minute? Will it kind of like slip in the back seat? Sometimes I say, it's more here than you. Because sometimes the idea we have of who we are, that is coming and going. But is this coming and going? And what is this? And yet, we do from time to time say, you know, I really, I really loved that this morning, and it was really good, but. Somehow I had to made a phone call, and uh, it's not so strong anymore. Is this strong or weak? Does it go strong or weak? Does it like some more and others not so much? All I can say to you, then, is marinate your attention in it, until the sense of going there and If the experience is that you come into this place, okay? Okay, try and come out of it. Which means I was in a state where it was not. It is limited. So go back to the place you were before now. And yet it's going to feel at some point. I wish I was getting back there again. And this voice will be believed. 
And yet this voice and the speaker of it also is also appearing in this and perceived in this. What's to be done? What's to be done? We don't have to speak more than this, you know. We don't have to speak more than this. Speaking more than this is not making more of this. Is there any experience in life, as you have tasted this, comparable with this? No. No. And yet, there is nothing you can say about it. Is it cleared up for you? Nothing else to say. I can't even say this will come again or go away again. It doesn't matter at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Gradually, um, the sages, the seers, the the prophets, the saints, the Meditators, whoever it is, you know, uh, come to come to the recognition of this. They mm, they simply loved to be here and to keep just being with this. It is not a philosophy. Is it a religion, particularly? No. no. It is not anything that can be defined as belonging to one people and not to another people. It is the universal consciousness. It is the supreme being, and uh, it also permits all the diversity of expression to happen. But all of these happen in time and space, and they dissolve. They come and go. But does this come and go? I don't think anybody from this side answered that one. Is it a trick? No. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Anji, for exchanging me with you. Here we are one. Here we are one. Here you have one. Here you are one. Even drop one also.
Is it boring? Is it exciting? What? <laughs> Somebody's got a bit more than him. <laughs> why not? Why not? You can say. Okay. All right. This one is leaving in two days. Ah, okay. To work for two months. Yes. So I'm remaining at your feet always. Yeah. You're just going to another part of the infinite, yes? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Yes, parents. Thank, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good, good, good. Good, good, good.
Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland in Italy. Okay. <laughs> Switzerland. Ah, it's Ah, okay. To which part of Switzerland then? Um, the Italian part. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I grew up, but now I live in the German-speaking. Uh, where, where in German? Not far from Bern. From it's a Bern, small village. Okay. Ah, okay. Do you know? Um, Richtersville, Richtersville, Talville, Fafikon. Yeah, it's more Zurich. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> you have been there. No? I used to go there many years ago. <laughs> you should come again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> okay. 
Okay. Good, good. Thank you for today.